Today is Wednesday, February 8, 2023. It's day 762 of the J6 political hostage crisis. I'm Mel Hawley, and this is your Justice and Jeopardy update. Hello, this is a prepaid call from Jessica Watkins. This call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring and recording. Well, I'm talking to Jessica Watkins today, who's in the DCCTF, and uh, this is the first time I'm talking to her, so I'm I'm excited to uh, to get her to share her story with our audience. Welcome to the show, Jess. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? Thank you. Pretty good, thanks. You've been through quite a lot, and uh, I think you have a very interesting story to share, and and I really appreciate you uh, agreeing to do so. Um, I'd, I'd love for you to just give us a little background on who you are and, uh, you know, what your life was like uh, before January 6th. Sure. Uh, so, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people are aware, uh, I am a, a transgender woman. Uh, I was born in New York, went uh, to Ohio, joined the Army, uh, the Army, deployed to Afghanistan, after the military, I also served as a fire department. Then later on, I ended up buying a bar. <laughs> And uh, I ran that during the COVID. That was, the, uh, that was an exciting time. I tell you. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's kind of what led me up to it. Um, and then, of course, during the 2020 riots, I, uh, I was involved with the Oath Keepers, protecting businesses, providing medical attention, and so forth. So that's kind of what led me to end up coming to January 6th was be a medic. You're part of the Oath Keepers, and, uh, and you wanted to be there like like the Oath Keepers um, do generally uh, to to protect people and, and to provide any kind of security and anything like that that was needed? Uh, that's correct, yes. We had uh, security contracts actually to protect the stage and to uh, escort um, VIPs like Roger Stone and so forth. Um, January 5th, I protected uh, the stage at Street Plaza with Alex Jones and uh, General Michael Flynn and so forth during the speeches. So, um, okay. That was part of the security detail. Um, and I was there in medical capacity. How did it look that day? Did you did you think everything was going smoothly up until a certain point? Um, honestly, everything seemed pretty awesome. I mean, it's probably the most patriotic, amazing, beautiful day of my life. Uh, I had to sit like right up front by uh, President Trump, and uh, it was really exciting. And uh, yeah, so then after the rally, you know, we were waiting around to take our PITs to the Capitol to get the speeches. And the crowd just kept on down there. They're like, oh, man, test the train is, it's over. And the crowd zipped right down to the Capitol. And, and we gathered up our VIPs and, and we followed. And everything seemed really cool, honestly. Uh, they just weren't trying to stop anybody. You know, and, you know, I mean, it was really cool. Um, then we, when we got there, we, didn't, we had no indications whatsoever that anything happened. I mean, the time we got there, it was like 2.30. So there was no barricades, there's no police. Uh, people were already inside, but we didn't know that at the time. Uh, but we just kind of showed up and, yeah, it was, it was really cool uh, until things weren't, obviously. So what did what did that look like when you felt like things turned? I mean, what, what did you start to notice that, that you really, you know, felt like, okay, this is not going well? Um, so it's actually kind of a 
interesting story. When we first got there, there was a guy that was jumping around on top of his swap vehicle, and I yelled at him. I made him get down. I was like, you know, I said the Antifa, you know, we don't, we don't jump around on cop cars. So I made the guy get down. Um, then there's an infamous video of the Oath Keepers walking up the stairs. I was in that, what they call a stack. It's not a stack. Anyway, long story short, we walked up the stairs and sang the national anthem, and they cut all the audio out of that video and tried to make a big deal out of it. But really, I mean, it was a cool thing. Everybody was chanting USA, and waving flags, and singing the national anthem. It was really a beautiful thing. And then uh, the doors opened up, and we, we just walked inside. And it was kind of, it was just, I don't know. I described it in my trial as like Black Friday. Like everybody, there's no police there at all that we saw. And it was just like, everybody just trying to get inside. And as soon as we got in there, people were singing, you know, glory, glory, hallelujah stuff. And I don't know, it was really, um, it didn't feel like a riot whatsoever. Um, even when we went inside, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. I, I regret that we inside. I probably shouldn't have done that, but uh, inside when things got kind of bad, we were standing in a hallway, we were chanting, um, you know, chanting USA, and they were chanting, other things, <laughs> uh, not nice things about Mitch McConnell and such, but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, and then all of a sudden it was a crush, and it just became like a, like a trash compactor, honestly, and uh, then it got really scary, um, I had broken ribs and a broken arm at the time, so I kind of reacted. Oh, wow. Yeah, as soon as I got away from that crowd, I mean, as soon as I got away, I, I ran and, and never came back, we just kind of packed up the wound and left, we are like, we're out of here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then I ended up just running in a guy to an ambulance. Um, there was an injured man who was fading in and out of consciousness. So I dragged the ambulance. We saw it was curfew time, and we left. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a beautiful patriotic day for sure. Um, you know, that's that's how I've had a lot of a lot of other J Sixers describe it as is the most wonderful, the most patriotic day they've ever experienced, and uh, it was. It really was. Um, I, yeah, I mean, just looking out over the crowd from the, I was up on top of the scaffolding at one point, and it was just. Uh, just a sea of patriots. All the like stuff where they're like hang Mike Pence. I never saw anything like that. Or like talk about feces on the walls. I don't even think that actually happened. Yeah. At what point uh, did you did you know that uh, you were you were facing arrest? I mean, how did that look for you? Uh, well, at first I, I was really skeptical that like they would come for us at all. Like they have not even like they didn't do anything. You know, we weren't attacking people. We weren't destroying things. I was stopping. I could stop people twice from destroying stuff. I was like, they're not going to come after us. They're looking for people to attack us. But then I started getting doxxed by reporters. I had people start calling themselves out, start calling the business phone, you know, like asking me all sorts of questions. That really bothered me. And so I asked the reporter, I was like, you know, how did you get my information? I was like, I don't want you to put my info out there. And he's like, oh, well, I already doxxed you. I don't know. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I was more worried about the left attacking me, you know, attacking my, my business, you know. Um, I was far more concerned about, like, Antifa firebombing my business or something, you know, than I was about law. And then, uh, so, I left, it, I left the state until the media stopped harassing me. And then, while I was gone, the FBI raided my, my home. I was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll go deal with this. And, and so I throw back across five states, like 800 miles, I was in Virginia at the time, to turn myself in and uh, surrender myself to the authorities. And even then, I thought, I was like, well, it's going to be a trespassing charge, you know? 
So they 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 raided your house when you weren't home. Well, I wasn't home. My fiance was there, Montana. Yeah. Back to my dog. They shot out my windows. My house with a gun. Like it's crazy. Oh wow, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, they dragged him handcuffed through the snow, like half naked and stuff. It's crazy. Oh wow, that's awful. Armored vehicles. I mean, they they gave it the full works and. Uh, yeah, so he had to go through that without you even being there. Yeah. Yeah. How long was it before you got back there? Oh, I mean, I was back in like 12 hours after the raid, and it took us like eight hours, 10 hours to drive. So, like, basically packed up the car and went came right back. Yeah. So so then uh, you went and, and surrendered? I did, yeah. I okay. Like, you, know, I'll, you know, I'll do the right thing. I'll turn myself in. You know, we'll get this over with. I didn't start to blast this long. Personally, I didn't expect to be charged with seditious conspiracy and all these other things. Yeah, yeah. They charged me with destruction of the group property, and I was running around stuck with people breaking stuff. I was like, I don't even know how I'm charged with this. I was not guilty of those charges, by the way. Seditious conspiracy, I was not not guilty on the destruction charge, which they were trying to put me in prison for life. Wow. For crimes I didn't even do. How was that, sitting through that trial? It was awful. I mean, they, they lied over and over and over. I mean, they made up evidence. They literally created phone calls out of thin air and said, here's a phone call from Ms. Watkins to a code. And I was like, I didn't make that phone call. That call doesn't exist. We literally had to call an FBI agent to prove another FBI agent was lying. Um, it was crazy. I mean, they they showed pictures of my deer hunting rifle. I didn't have a deer hunting rifle on January 6th. They dragged my paintball gun through the, the courtroom like, I had nothing to do with that either. I mean, it, it, it was insane. I mean, I could not believe it. My poor co-defendant, uh, Kelly Banks and Kenneth Hickerson are heroes. Like, they rescued a police officer. And that mm. police officer sat on this testimony, like, sat gave the testimony, and he said, I didn't need their help. Ask them. Yeah. Insane to me. Like, they literally, like, on video rescued this man. Mm. When the crowders yeah, called him nasty things. So you went, did you go, uh, Straight to the DCCTF? I mean, I assume you, you would have had to go through Grady or whatever. Yeah, I went through Grady and uh, yeah, I got extra in here. Okay. How long How long have you been in there now? Oh, well, I got arrested January 17th, 2021. So I've been locked up almost 25 months, but I've been in this facility since um, January 10th. So coming up on two years in this building. That's a long time. Uh, you know, you mentioned that that you're a transgen- transgender woman, and uh, you know that that is a, a bit of an anomaly in uh, the Patriot uh, movement, I guess. Um, yeah. p- tell us about that, and 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 how that experience is, has been, and um, you know how you've been treated by the community. Sure, sure. Um, well, I started transition twenty years ago, so I mean, this isn't like uh, some new thing for me. Um, me, I view it as like a medical situation, like uh, a cancer, so I got to get chemo, or I've got, you know, it's like a treatment for me. It's not um, a community. I'm not involved in like, I've never owned the flag of any kind. You know, like I don't go to meetings or, you know, go to like clubs or anything specific to that. Like most people in the average world, when they meet me, I'm very conservative, you know. Uh, I've I'm just kind of a normal person, and people, when they find out, they're just kind of stunned for a bit because they're like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> a lot of times they think I'm going. A lot of times they think I'm going the other way. They're like, "Wait, you're going to go be a, a male?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. You got that completely, <laughs> which is flattering, I guess." But uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of a normal person. Um, I think the uh, 
conservative movement gets, it's, it's a kind of a, such a convoluted topic uh, that they just, conservatives tend to paint with a front brush, but I get treated really well. Uh, when I first got booked, I got put in C2B um, with the other, and I was like, I mean, I wasn't, they treated me great. I, they're going to be my brothers for life. Uh, they treat me with respect. Um, I, I filed lawsuits to um, move into a women's unit. I've been transitioning for so long. It's just, the jail went out of their way to use the wrong pronouns with me. And, you know, like, it was just honestly, like, I love the guys, but, like, I don't, I feel awkward there, too, you know? Um, sure. You know, I'd, I'd really like you uh, to talk with me about, uh, you know, how you see the, the state of our of our nation, uh, you know, where we where we are and, uh, you know, what what you think we can do to uh, to change things at this point. Sure. Uh, that's actually something that's uh, very important to me. Um, so we're in trouble. Uh, I think uh, most conservatives would agree with that. Um, We've gotten to a point where, you know, all the woke indoctrination stuff that's going on with the kids and, you know, um, all the, the problems on our southern border. I apologize if it's loud in here. coming back. Um, but, the, you know, our country is in a mess. The way they're, they're doing the elections um, where you don't need an ID, you just mail it in. And, um, we've got work to do. Our, our country is in a, in a state. Uh I think, honestly, people think big, you know, like we need new representatives, we need new senators, we need a new president. Obviously, we need those things. Um, maybe this is just an echo chamber stuff, but I really think it really starts local. Um, so, Democrats have had such a, a tight fist on the education system. I think school boards are are the most important thing. I mean, that's the next generation, those are the people who are going to lead in 40 years, you know, so that's why, I mean, it's, it's straight out of Marxism, you know, give me a generation of your children and I'll show you the next generation of socialists or whatever the, the quote is, Yeah. but it rings true, I mean, and it, so that's why, like for me as a trans person, I see that being weaponized, there are actual trans people that, like, this is an actual condition for us. But it's being weaponized in such a way, and it's the perfect vehicle for the left. Um, it, it, they can jam right into your house, and they can separate the kids from the parents. And you know, they can they can say, "Well, your parents are the problem." Of course, you know they hate Christianity, they hate religion. Um, so it's a way to sever religion from the kids and the parents. It's a way to to push the state in. So now the state is getting involved saying, oh, well, you know, you know, trans your kids, you're a bad parent, and the child protective services has to step in. I think that the attack on children is the most heinous, disgusting thing I've seen. I mean, aside from, you know, genocide of Pol Pot and, you know, Stalin and such, you know, uh, doesn't get much worse than killing people. But, um, I think it's doing long-lasting damage to our country, and I think that's why you see people like Merrick Garland sending out notes calling parents terrorists for going to school board meetings and speaking out. Um, it's just more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
I was actually I was listening to a bunch of old uh, Ronald Reagan speeches today when I was doing some research and, uh, you know, he called it. He really, really did. Um, In one of his speeches, uh, he talks about how the most important thing to do is, uh, you know, eat eat dinner with your family and uh, teach your children history and what's going on in the world. Uh, Talk to them about politics and and patriotism, you know, number one. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is that uh, you take like uh, take what's family. The only authority you have left is the state, and, and that's really honestly they want to turn everybody into a little robot of the city. Yeah, and and we're we're pretty much already there. I mean, we know we've got really a uniparty. Um, because uh, the, those controlling, you know, we've got a, We've got a, a few good fighters on uh, the conservative okay. side, but uh, you know, so many of them are just rhinos, and and they're all just about making deals and uh, you know, money and, and power. Yeah, like the squishy ones, like uh, you know, Lindsey Graham here, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, they're they're everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm super disappointed with McCarthy, you know, making the statements he did about Ashley Babbitt. That's just shocking to me. Yeah, that that was uh, that has upset um, a lot of us uh, very deeply. And, um, you know, M- Mickey is, uh, you know, right there on the front lines. And uh, that that just really, really hurts. I can I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, having her arrested, uh, that wasn't an accident. You know, they, yeah. they had her arrested on January 6th in front of the Capitol for a reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was actually right there next to her. Um, and uh, I was um, I was definitely being a little aggressive with the with the police and what I was saying. Um, and uh, they really didn't pay much attention to me at all. They had their eyes on her and uh, she was being very calm. She's such a beautiful soul. I, I've written with her before uh, as a male and uh I, I have no doubt that that was a targeted quest yeah. to, send a, to send a message. Yeah, there was there was no question. There was no question. Uh, you know, she was she was very compliant. Uh, uh, you know, aside from uh, you know making the choice to be arrested instead of uh, crossing the street, but uh, but they gave her a choice and and she made a choice. So uh, you know, it it, it went. Uh, fairly fairly smoothly <laughs> as far as it can go <laughs> when you're being arrested but uh yeah yeah they dropped the charges so that just told me it was much more than i needed to know so. yeah they they uh it, yeah we were we were looking forward to seeing uh just how that went in court and then when they dropped the charges it was almost disappointing because mickey really wanted to to have her say you know right yeah she deserved to no question about it. Well, what do you do? You have like a, a call to action for Americans. I would say get involved, go local. You know, um, your city council—that's going to be important. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many lawyers listen to this show, but if you're a lawyer, maybe go be—you know—a uh, DA. Um, get involved local, and a lot of this crime that you see, and all the the prosecutors dropping charges against people doing armed robbery and carjackings and stuff—all that stuff happens local. Uh, it, it's almost insurmountable to jump straight into, you know, running for the House or running for the Senate, you know, um, start local. We have to take back our local election. And once we do that, once we take back our school boards, once we take back, you know, um, our local, our city councils and, and our, our 
DAs. That George Soros has been targeting our, our you know, district attorneys. Like crazy, buying them on the cheap, uh, buying them in bulk. Um, we got to fight back. Some of those those elections run; they run uncontested. They don't even have an actual opponent. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and and we need to watch out for these uncontested races, um, and and make sure that uh, you know we have someone running against uh, these liberals who have filled these spots because uh, it just happens way too often. And don't forget, your states also have a House of Representatives and a Senate. You know, like they have their own thing. So you can also go local by running for your state. Uh, you don't have to think national. So yeah, yeah. And I, if you can't, like I said, please get involved. That's the best way to take back our country. Yeah. It's the only way to take back our country. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. Well, uh, so when is your uh, your sentencing is coming up in uh, in June? Is that right? As far as I know, as far as I haven't heard a, a set date, but I know there's a bunch of motions and stuff that are due in, um, in May, the end of May. So as early as it's going to be June. So okay. I'm okay. here for the long haul. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, um, I'm sure you enjoy getting letters. Uh, do you do you get enough mail? Do we? Do we need to amp that up? I mean, I love getting letters. I, I write back as often as I can. Um, I actually have a stack of like six or seven of them sitting in my lap right now to send out. Oh, good, good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, we, we love the Patriot Mail Project. Patriot Mail Project has been, has kept me like sane, like uh, literally. Um, when I was facing that life sentence, I like, I, that was not, I was in a very dark place and those letters really gave me assurance and like knowing people were out there praying for you and yeah, I bet. I mean, it was very important to me. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will we will continue praying for you and uh, and writing you letters. And uh, do you have a, a Gibson Go? I did, but I think it got shut down. Um, so I have to get back to you on that. Beyonce was running that for me. I was using that to pay my legal expenses. Oh, okay. Is is there any other way we can help you? I'm good on commissary. Uh, I don't eat a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I've got money on my books. I'm good in that regard. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Well, Jess, I so appreciate you coming and and telling us your story. And uh, we'd love to have you back anytime. Anytime you have a, you know, message you want to convey or anything like that, just uh, hit me up and and we'll get you back on the show. Sure. Yeah, I'm always available. Just hit me up. and uh, I'd love to come back sometime. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Jessica. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you, ma'am. Okay, hang in there. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with liars and Uh, just been reports 
by uh, this officer, Chioma. And uh, on the disciplinary report, he, he wrote several individuals, including myself, up for mask mandate and uh, health, health, safety, and fire hazard for not wearing our mask. So there's two charges on there. Um, both of these are class two charges. They are um, minor charges. They're not anything usually anything sufficient ever comes out of them. You're usually given a warning and just, you know, told, yeah, follow the rules, blah, 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 blah. Uh, in, this, in this case, uh, the officer uh, placed on the disciplinary reports that he, uh, at 9.30 a.m., he uh, gave myself and the rest of the individuals who were written up, um, he gave us all a mask and issued us a mask and then told us to wear them. That was his first lie. His second lie was that, uh, for myself, it was that I had it wear around my neck all day, which it was, but most of the time when it was down around my neck, it was because I was either drinking coffee or eating or something like that. But his first lie was that he gave us all a mask at 9.30 a.m. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm not an early riser, and neither are none of these guys in here, and I have not been up at 9.30 a.m. in two years in this pod. So that whole instance that is on his body camera, that is on the zone camera, is recorded. It's a flat-out lie on a, on a government document. He should be reprimanded for that. Um, I, I believe that, this is my opinion, I believe this was a targeted attack. Um, this has happened uh, several days after Lieutenant Lancaster has uh, been walked off the premises. And uh, part of her deal was, uh, we have found out that part of her deal of being walked out of here was falsifying documents. Uh, we do know that this officer is, uh, he is friends with Lieutenant Lancaster. Um, when we've said things about Lieutenant Lancaster being dirty to him in the past, he's done nothing but take up for her and said that we're all lying. And, and so they're, they're in cahoots with each other, in my opinion. And uh, let me tell you, um, so this happened on February 3rd. So on February 2nd, we have a bulletin board in here that we've created. And a lot of the stuff on the bulletin board right now is operation visitation. It has, you know, some, some addresses, it has phone numbers and stuff. Some guys can, you know, change out the visitation forms, this and that. And uh, they can, you know, get people added and removed from the visitation sheets. So we, we created, you know, some uh, bullet points on what they need to do and this and that. Well, that officer came to our bulletin board on February 2nd and tried to rip all of that stuff down that we have created for Operation Visitation. And it's no wonder that the very next day he targets three people in here out of everybody, to include myself, who has done the majority, a lot of the, a lot of the, the majority, a lot of the work with the Operation Visitation and getting all this set up for guys. I believe it was a target attack to get people written up and to have their visitations taken away. So after the fact, so today they came in, I was, I was at an outside medical today, I wasn't here, so I didn't, get, I didn't get charged today. I'll probably get charged tomorrow. But two of the other guys got charged today, and I'll let one of the other guys tell you what they did. And what they did to him was just, it's just crazy, it's, 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 it's outrageous, it's um, beyond what they're required to do. And no one else is getting, getting this, this, this type of treatment for not wearing a mask. We've already seen what they'll do for not wearing a mask when uh, Ronald McAdee gets sprayed three times at point blank range. We've already seen what they're capable of. Um, this officer was, uh, uh, the inmates in here went up to the officer and was like, hey man, you're gonna get our visitations took away. Why are you doing this to us? He literally laughed in their faces whenever they told him that. He thinks it's a game. He, he's in cahoots with, with the rest of the administration who's all complicit in this. 
and it, it, it's not right. And we need America. We need you guys to call the U.S. Marshals, call the jail, and demand that this officer is taken off of our unit. His name is Officer Gioma. Gioma. C H I O M A. Consider it Spell that one more time. Justin says consider it done, but. Yes, C H I O M A. Officer Gioma. Thank you. Okay, and I'm going to let one of the other guys, while we still have a few minutes on this call, tell you his experience and what happened to him today. Hey, we're okay. How are you doing? All right. Okay, so. Uh, Who is this? Um, because uh, I, I've got my lawyer involved now. Um, we're going to be making 
phone calls and, and getting a hold of, of, of that recording if it exists, not to mention the individuals. Uh, and, and if they're trying to railroad me, I mean, that's why we, we, we even talked about it. You know what we need to have happen here is we, the inmates, are the ones that, sorry, pretrial detainees are the ones that need body cams. Yep. That's what has to happen. If you want to do prison reform, you give everybody a camera. Yep. That way it holds everybody accountable, not just us, but them as well. Amen. So we'll see where this goes on, on in my situation. Um, I already warned my family that uh, stuff might get taken off or turned off. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm a pretty mellow dude. But, you know, you start to, you know, box me into a corner and, and railroad me, that is not going to happen. So sorry if I sound a little uh, obtuse, but, uh, you know, it's wrong. It's just plain wrong. Absolutely, 100% wrong, which goes right along with the facility, which goes right along with, with, with the executive pseudo-president uh, uh, du jour uh, situation. So, anyways, how are you guys? Uh, we're doing good out here. It's, it's not too cold out. It's kind of nice out. So, I mean, other than um, trying to figure out how to deal with what they're doing with you guys in there, everything's good out here. So, who who are the... Who are the three people that may not have visitation this week? Do we know that? Uh, that would be me, uh, Jesse. It would be uh, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Simon. Simon. He's going to be talking to. And uh, Juju, the guy that just got talking. Okay, thank, thank you. If you'd like to help us support J6 families as they're released from jails and prisons, please check out the Elijah Fund. You can find that on our website, a the number four justice.org slash TEF. Americans for Justice Inc. is a nonpartisan alliance that vigorously defends the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and due process across our great nation, which are pivotal to preserving life, liberty, and freedom for all. Too long we have played defense and are losing on all battlefronts through divided efforts. The root problem of election integrity, medical freedom, political prisoners, southern border crisis, CPS and APS and others is one common thing, a direct assault on the U.S. Constitution and due process. Americans for Justice is a nonprofit organization with local chapters in all 50 states, working with lawyers, legal scholars, and organizations to actively fight government overreach at all levels. Unite with us in the fight for our J6 political hostages and whatever else due process rights are violated. We ask for your support in this vital mission through a one-time donation or an ongoing membership. Go to the letter A, the number 4, justice.org.